This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 311. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 311. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I'm excited to dig into today. This is going to be, I'm going to tell you like this episode feels very uncomfortable to me. I think it's appropriately uncomfortable. And I think it's also going to be really, really good. And I'm looking forward to having this conversation and opening up this conversation to this community. Something very specific happened recently within our community over in our private Facebook group that made me see that I could not wait any longer to have this conversation. So we're going to dig into that in a few minutes. Before we do that, I want to talk about being seen. So a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is actually around being seen and how do we see people? How do we see ourselves? How do we show up? How do we create space for other people to show up? How do we create space for other people to elevate themselves? So lots of conversation and context around being seen. And today is the first day of our Shameless Mom Be Seen Challenge. So if you haven't hopped in the challenge already, you can do that if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash be seen. This is a free seven day challenge. And during this challenge, I'm going to extend some opportunities for people participating in the challenge to be seen in new and different and powerful ways. So if you are someone who wants to show up in your life and stand in your power and have more productive conversations and stop shrinking and minimizing yourself, 
this is for you. So the challenge starts today, but you can still sign up today. Like I said, it's free. So this is low risk. You have nothing to lose, even if you just come in as a voyeur. Even if you just come in and you're like, I want to just sit back and spy on the challenge. I think there will be a lot of value to be had and a lot of lessons to be learned. So pop over to shamelessmom.com forward slash be seen if you want to get in on the challenge and just give yourself some opportunities to show up in new, powerful, and profound ways over the next seven days. I think you'll be pretty fired up about it. I think you'll learn some really great things. So with all that said, I want to share our Shameless Mom of the Week because I asked for reviews a few weeks ago, and I'm going to tell you the background story about this shortly in this episode. I'm going to dive into the background of why I asked for some reviews recently. And you all showed up and you were like being seen all over the place. And I have to say, I loved it. I was sitting, reading reviews, crying multiple days in a row because of how you showed up and shared. And so today's Shameless Mom of the Week comes to us from this last recent set of reviews. They're amazing. I always get my Shameless Mom of the Week nominations from our reviews over on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. So if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review and you leave a review for the show and let me know how the show has impacted you, you've then nominated yourself for potentially winning Shameless Mom of the Week and having your review read on air. So this Shameless Mom of the Week has labeled, titled herself as in the ER. And she says, I'm sitting in my mom car. Mom is in quotes, so probably a minivan. (laughs) I'm sitting in my mom car crying into my French fries. It's been that kind of a morning. And I find this podcast and immediately cried harder because I felt everything she said. Being a mom is so hard, so confusing, and so many times for me, not all that fun. I have three beautiful kids, but they're kids, and I'm just over second-guessing myself 100 times a day and feeling like a failure, even though I know I'm not really failing. Thank you for the honesty in this podcast. I need the reminder that not every mom has a Pinterest life. So you are not alone. We are all, whether it's literally or figuratively, crying into our French fries in our mom cars on a regular basis, right? This is hard. Oh my gosh. And I love that you came forward and shared vulnerably and shared openly and your raw experience, because I think we can all relate to that. I think we can all relate to those moments where you're just like, I know I'm not a failure, but I am just constantly falling flat on my face. And like, we have this one part of our identity where we're like, I'm a badass. And then you have another part of your identity that's like, but I didn't do anything well today. Like I messed up everything. And this is like this constant juxtaposition of motherhood, I think, where we have power in certain areas and like no power in others. And that can be exciting and exhilarating in one moment and just completely defeating in another. So I really appreciate this review and I find it very relatable. And I know that everyone else was like, oh, yep, been there crying into the French fries in my minivan right there with you, sister. So thank you. Thank you in the ER for your contribution and congratulations on being shameless mom of the week. So now I want to dive into our content today, and I'm going to tell you about, I don't know, like two or three weeks ago, an incident happened in our Facebook group, and I have been leading up to this episode for a really long time and trying to figure out like, what's the best way to do it and how should I go about it? And I felt like I needed to educate myself tremendously for this conversation that we're about to have, and I wanted to be extremely sensitive and prepared and well-read. And so here's what's ended up happening. In the process of trying to learn all the things and figure out how I can have a conversation in the most sensitive way, I was missing some of the things that were happening right in front of me. And this is so glaring to me right now that I, as a white woman, thought, 
I need to wait until I have the perfect message around a conversation about race before I actually have the conversation. And then I realized that women of color don't have the luxury of sitting and waiting for the right time and perfectly planning when they're going to talk about things and how they can be sensitive and like all this stuff. Like I'm sitting in my privilege, figuring out how I can do it all just perfectly. So I don't look like a fool. And in the meantime, people are being discriminated against every damn day. People are living in the shadows of women of color and people of color are living in the shadows of white people every damn day. Well, I'm like sitting here trying to find the perfect way to engage in a conversation that might be a little bit uncomfortable. And the way this became a glaring situation for me was actually, it was a situation that happened not related to race. So let me explain. We have our private Facebook group. If you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook, there is a Facebook group of over 1800 shameless moms in there. It is fabulous. It is probably the best thing I did in 2018, opening this group. Like I did not know there was such a need and burning desire for so many of you all to be able to connect with each other. And when I opened the doors to this group, the level of connection and the level of community and camaraderie has just been mind-blowing and heart-exploding to me. Like it has just been a phenomenal, phenomenal experience to be in this group and to see how you all show up in this group and support each other in this group. So with that said, I am not super careful about monitoring conversations because you all show up in the most beautiful ways for each other on such a regular basis that I just assume that that's always going to happen. And to be honest, it's been so few times, like less than three or four times probably where I've had to like, be like, Hey, wait, like this doesn't feel good. Then it only happened one time where I was like, this is completely not okay. So a couple weeks ago, a mom posted in the group, a picture related to something that she had seen on a Facebook page from her daughter's school. And she wanted some feedback. And she just said, Hey, I need a reality check. This post was on my daughter's elementary school page on Facebook. And it really infuriated me. Then she went on to explain a little bit more about it. She was feeling really sensitive about it because it was really celebrating kids who had been really successful academically. And she has a daughter with disabilities. And she was like, I'm uncomfortable with this. And I'm curious if you think I'm overreacting. Like she just wanted feedback. What do you all think about this? And the range of comments were generally supportive or curious. And I always say like, if you are not feeling supportive of something, lead with compassion and curiosity. So ask some more questions, like, and which a number of shameless moms did, like asking more questions and saying, Hey, so I'm curious why you felt really upset about this. Is it because of this or this? Or I'm just like trying to get more information, get a little more context behind the situation. All these beautiful things were happening in the conversation. And then there was definitely some things that I felt like were a little bit privilege led. There were some people who I felt like doubted this mom's questioned her feelings a little bit and questioned like they kind of pointed out like, I actually think you're overreacting and here's why. And I felt like some of the comments I thought weren't super thoughtful, but I was just kind of letting it unfold. And I have to say this mom came in and beautifully managed and handled herself and just said like, thank you for the feedback. This is exactly why I asked. I totally appreciate it. And then there was one commenter. Her name was Lila and I'm using her name purposefully. And I will tell, explain that more in a minute. So Lila comes in and says, the fact that this quote, infuriates you is rather scary. Believe me that there are many things wrong in this world that warrant infuriation. This is certainly not one of them. And so I'm like watching this conversation and being careful not to, like, I want to let the conversation unfold. I want everyone to be able to bring whatever they want to bring to the table. And I just want to make sure that it's being done in a way that's safe and valuable and like, you know, 
productive. And I see this and I was like, whoa, wow. And so I went to comment on it and I made an initial comment just saying that I didn't feel like it was a supportive comment and I actually felt it was inappropriate. And then I made a secondary comment that said, actually, this is tone policing. So if you're not familiar with tone policing, the definition of tone policing is attempting to detract from the validity of a statement by attacking the tone in which it was presented rather than the message itself. So basically what Lila was doing was saying, how dare you say you were infuriated? There are so many other things to be infuriated about and basically just completely negating the original poster's feelings. So when we do that, we are invalidating someone's experience. We are invalidating their feelings and we're degrading what they're going through. And that's really inappropriate. And it's really poor social skills. And it's actually very much what we tend to do when we're coming from a place of privilege. And that's what I saw this comment as. And there was other things in this comment string that I really saw as privileged comments. Some people in the way that they responded to this post, I felt like we're coming from a place of privilege and really struggling to see and really struggling to stand in someone's shoes who has to show up to make sure that their daughter with disabilities is taken care of every single day. And I see this happen. I have a number of friends whose children have learning disabilities and behavioral challenges, and they struggle in school for a variety of reasons. And I see the level of care and concern that goes into managing education for a child that is not typically learning and how exhausting and overwhelming that is every single day to have to advocate for your child because they don't fit in this very typical box of learners. And so I'm really sensitive when I see people commenting on things like this, if they're not going to come from a place of curiosity or compassion. So I made my comment to Lila that she was tone policing. And then I got on Facebook Live and I was like, you know, in this group, I am open to conversations where there are differing opinions. I am not open to people presenting with privilege and I am not open to people presenting with tone policing. And there is no place for that in this group. It will not be accepted. It will not be tolerated. You will not be invited back to conversations in this group if that's how you're going to show up. So I left it at that. I did not use Lila's name on my Facebook Live. I noticed a few hours later that Lila had left the group on her own accord. And I noticed the next day that I had a review for the show in iTunes calling the Shameless Mom Academy trash from Lila. <laughs> Love Lila. And she said her review called the show trash and said it was far too political. So here's the thing. I mean, I'm not even going to get into the political comment because I don't think whatever, like, I don't think that a conversation around discrimination has anything to do with politics. And her comments, I felt came from privilege and I felt were extremely discriminatory, whether you're discriminating against someone's skin color, against someone's ability, or you're just discriminating against this person's ability to feel their feelings. I don't have any space for that. And I don't have any patience for that. And I don't have any tolerance for that. And so in that instance, when I saw this unfold and I saw how Lila managed herself in the situation and I saw the level of privilege being presented, I was like, I waited too long. I waited too long to have a conversation around tolerance, around discrimination, around elevating people who are different than us. I waited too long. And 
I was just so busy over here in my little white girl corner reading all the right books and getting my message all curated perfectly that people in my own community started saying inappropriate things to each other because I hadn't stepped up to say, this is how things fly in here. Now, I think for the most part, I don't need to verbalize a lot of the rules around how people need to interact in the community because you're already all doing a really beautiful job with that. But I do think that I have a huge responsibility when I have a platform that impacts thousands of women every single day. I think I have a huge responsibility to have a conversation around race and around tolerance and around privilege and around discrimination. And so that is why I'm here now, finally having this conversation. I decided like, I can't wait any longer. And for months I've been saying, I want to have this conversation and I want to invite the perfect person on to come talk about it and do an interview and all these things. And I realized, and I just saw my list of people I want to interview. And so, and I have reached out to some of them. So some of these things are in the works. Some of the initial people I reached out to are not currently doing podcast interviews. And I'm going to get to that in a minute because it's an important reason why they are not. And so I realized that I don't need to wait for someone to come have this conversation with me. I need to have this conversation with all of you and tell you what my perspective is on this, what I'm doing around race and privilege on a personal level, just to share with you so that you can have an understanding of what you can be doing as well. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our 
new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many times a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So what I want to do in this episode or what I want out of this episode is to set an example of imperfect action. This is not going to be a perfect conversation. I will very likely screw up. There's a possibility I will say things that are inappropriate or potentially offensive and I'm willing to take that risk and also please correct me. I know that there are a number of women of color who listen to this show. It is my goal to have a very diverse audience. So if I say the wrong thing, I want you to let me know. I would ask that you, you know, let me know in a kind and compassionate way, just like I would let you know if you did something offensive to me. But I would like to know if I do something or say something that is incorrect because I want to know better so that I can do better. So I appreciate that support. I also want out of this episode an opportunity to show support and compassion for all the women of color in my life, in this community, who are having to show up in really challenging ways every day just by virtue of being born a different color than me. And I want to get out of my uncomfortable place and not sit and wait for the right moment, the right opportunity, because I'm embarrassed that it took me this long to do this. I'm embarrassed that I felt like I needed to like read X amount of books on this topic before I could have a conversation about it. I kind of find that gross and disgusting. I also want to do this episode because I want to provide ideas for action steps that all of us can utilize. I think that sometimes, I think a lot of us have a level of awareness around, I want to do better and I want to be more supportive of women of color and people of color. And I want to be better educated around what does all this mean? There's so many conversations around race happening right now, but I don't even know where to start. It's kind of overwhelming. It's kind of scary. I don't want to be offensive. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't know where to begin. And then I also want to take responsibility for the platform that I have because I refuse to be complicit or complacent. And this is a big thing. And I've talked about this before. I talked about this around the time of the election that I'm not willing to stay super comfortable on a platform where there's thousands of women engaging every single day and thousands of moms engaging who are raising the next generation. I find that if I opt out of these kinds of conversations, that is dangerous and ignorant. And I feel very firmly about that, that it is dangerous and ignorant for white women to not be having these conversations. The only people that can start to make change on a legislative level and on an empathic level around race are white people. We have the power to make change on a much grander scale than people of color. And so we have to take responsibility for the platforms that we have, no matter how big or small they are, and begin having these conversations. And so I'm willing to do that in an imperfect way and, you know, potentially like a not so graceful way because I think it is completely necessary. And I want you to notice where you see this happening in your life, where you see other people doing this and where you don't. When you are in communities, 
especially when you are following people on Instagram, following other podcasts, going to conferences with other women, I want you to notice who are the people who are not inviting any people of color to the table for conversations? Who are the people who are only inviting white women onto stages? Who are the people who are not elevating women of color on a very regular basis? And I am telling you, without naming names, I can think of 10 of them off the top of my head right now. And you're probably already following at least five or six of them on social media. So I want you to be very conscientious about who is providing education, who is providing elevation, and who is providing space for different kinds of people. And I'm kind of talking specifically about women of color today, but this could be about sizeism, racism, gender. This could be about anything from gender equity to gender choice to marriage equality. Like there's so many different places where this can be happening. So are you going to places where there's lesbian women represented? Are you going to places where there's trans women represented? Are you going to places and participating in conversations and communities where there's women with, of different abilities, women of different sizes, women who some of them weigh 103 pounds and some of them might weigh 303 pounds? And are you engaging in conversations and communities where women of color are represented in a very thoughtful way? And are you showing up in places where women of color are being offered opportunities to come to the table, to stand on the stage, to have a microphone, to share their stories, to share their experiences, and to be elevated in all sorts of powerful ways. So that's what I want out of this episode. What I'm not looking for, I'm not looking for any acknowledgement for my quote unquote hard work. This is like me showing up and doing this podcast episode is nothing compared to the work that a woman of color does every single freaking day when she gets out of bed. So this is not like, I'm not looking for emails like, oh my God, I'm so glad that you did this and you're amazing and you did so much research and hard work. Like, no, I don't want any of that. And that would actually feel inappropriate to me. So I'm not looking for acknowledgement on my hard work. Like this is not hard work, relatively speaking. Uncomfortable work, a little bit. Yes, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. This discomfort is really good. This discomfort is necessary for growth. I don't need validation around it. I'm also not looking for validation that I'm doing all the right things. I'm not looking to show up and suggest that what I'm doing is the right way to become better educated or more compassionate. I'm just showing you that this is my way right now. And because I think it might be helpful to other people. So not looking for acknowledgement or validation. What I am looking for is I'm looking for feedback and interaction and engagement from all of you as to what you're doing to show up for women of color and elevate women of color in your communities. I'm looking for opportunities to elevate women of color's stories and experiences. This is why I've been really proactively seeking out women of color on the podcast. And I will be honest with you, like vulnerable moment for me right now, for a variety of reasons, it's been fairly easy for me to have, I've had a lot of black women on recently who've been amazing and phenomenal. And I've been so excited to share their stories, but there's also gaping holes. I know that I have people in my community who are like, where are our Filipina sisters? Like we want to see them on here. So I know that like I have had Asian women on the show over time, but not as many recently. I would love to have Muslim women on the show. I'm like currently actively looking for other women of color, not just black women. I've also love having black women's stories on the show as well. And that's was a focus of mine over the last few months, as you've seen, as you've seen the diversity in our guests over the last few months. So I'm looking for more opportunities to elevate women of color's stories and experiences. So if you have suggestions, if you're like, oh my gosh, this is me, like I signed me up, shoot me an email. I'm also looking for further opportunities to learn how to do more and how to do better. And so I think that just opening up this conversation with all of you will provide some of that. 
And so here is what I want to get into. I'm going to just let you know what I'm doing around race right now. And I think in sharing what I'm doing and sharing some of the work that I've been doing behind the scenes, I think you'll get a sense of some things that maybe you could be doing that maybe you haven't thought of, or maybe you just haven't taken the time to dig into, but I think this will be helpful. And I think this is a good starting point. Like I said, I kept thinking I needed to put this episode off until I had like all the right pieces in the right place and had this like really beautiful outline. And I don't know what I thought the outline was going to be like, did I think I was going to present you with an outline on how to end racism? Like, no, that clearly wasn't going to happen. But I just was like finding myself getting stuck in perfectionism in terms of how I wanted to present this information. And I realized, like I said, in waiting, I was being complicit and being complicit is dangerous. And I'm not willing to do that anymore. I put up a post on Facebook recently talking about being complicit and that being complicit puts you on the side of white supremacy. And that post, I knew it was a very polarizing comment and statement. And the comments that I got back were like, I was not wrong. People did not like hearing that. But what I've learned, one of the most powerful things I've learned over the last year is that there's a very fine line between white privilege and white supremacy. And we perceive white supremacy to be those people the people with the hoods, the people burning flags. And when I say those people, I think we immediately think of the people with the hoods or the people in the riots that we've seen, not super recently, but in the last year in the media, young white men, nationalist group. That's what we think of, right? That's what we think of with white supremacy is like violence, men, white men, with kind of a frat boy mentality, not to say that all frat boys are like that at all. I don't mean that at all, but that kind of like the sense of community and brotherhood around it, I think is what I'm meaning when I say that. And the thing is, white supremacy is not about those people. White supremacy actually is also being complicit and not doing anything, not taking a stand, not using your platform, not having the conversations, not recognizing and actively acknowledging how you show up in your white privilege and how women of color don't have the same opportunities to show up in their privilege. So these are the things that I think are really, really important. And I want you to start to understand that white supremacy is not just about quote unquote, those people and those violent behaviors and those media sensationalized stories. White supremacy is about how as white people, we let things happen because we don't take a stand. We don't educate ourselves. We don't take action and we don't have a deep enough understanding of what it's like to wake up as a person of color every single day. So I'm just going to let you know some of the things that I'm doing. And if they are helpful to you, I invite you to do them as well. I invite you to share them with other people. I invite you to just start sharing resources that are helpful to you. So this podcast episode might be one of them. I'm going to give you a ton of resources in the show notes today. So if you go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 311, there will be a ton of resources there as well in terms of books and podcasts and people that I follow on Instagram, things like that. So the first thing I'm doing is I'm taking responsibility for learning as much as I can. 
I want to learn as much as I can about this. And I will tell you, I've like stopped my normal, like personal development reading that I typically love. And instead of doing that, I'm laying in bed at night reading books like, so you want to talk about race. <laughs> and I'm reading and working through Leila Syed's Me and White Supremacy Handbook and doing things to really get engaged in the content that is coming out. There are amazing, powerful women of color. I've been most recently reading a lot of stuff by black women. And I mean, it's eye-opening. It is mind-blowing. It is also extremely painful and uncomfortable because I realize my privilege. I realize like, crap, like I thought I was doing enough. I thought that I was aware. And honestly, I thought that like just awareness was enough. And awareness is like barely the beginning. And first of all, my awareness wasn't even aware enough. And second of all, awareness is not enough. And so I would challenge a lot of us. I think it's easy to feel like, oh, well, I acknowledge, yes, there's racism. Cool. So what's next? Like you need to take responsibility for the next step too. So my first thing I'm doing is taking responsibility to learn as much as I can. Secondly, I'm listening to women of color, share their stories and their truths without asking them to educate me or do any additional work. And so this has come up in multiple Instagram and Facebook conversations that I've been watching where women of color are showing up and they're wanting to talk about, this is my experience. This is how racism shows up for me on a regular basis. This is my experience as a black woman or a woman of color. And here's the thing. These women now are building out social media platforms and they're getting asked to come on other people's show like mine or come into other people's spaces to talk about their experiences as black women and to talk about their pain and their struggles and all these things. And many of them are like, I'm happy to do that here and there, but also the amount of work to show up and share the hardest parts of your life over and over and over so that white people can get a better understanding of that, that's not a fair ask. And so this is for me, when I started recognizing this, I was like, I can't just invite black women on my show to talk about how hard it's been for them because of their skin color. That's not fair. That is asking someone to re-traumatize themselves for my benefit. And that is white privilege in action. So I'm not doing that. I'm not going to ask black women to come on my show and tell me about the most painful parts of their lives or the most painful parts of their life that they have to live every single day so that my white community can have a better understanding of that pain. Instead, I will give you a list of resources and say, hey, here, go to these spaces and listen and learn. That is more productive. And that allows you to enter someone else's sacred space and learn from them on their terms. And when women of color are sharing their stories on their terms, we need to respect that they're sharing on their terms and we need to respect their boundaries and not show up and ask them to do additional work because in our white privilege, we don't understand quite as much as we want to. We need to do the work on our own, which we have endless tools. The books that are coming out right now are phenomenal. The people who have social media followings who are building them and providing amazing content, phenomenal. Layla Syed is doing live free learn with Layla sessions on Instagram on a regular basis. Like you can learn so much just from showing up and listening. So I'm not going to invite someone to come on and re-traumatize themselves by sharing their story unless that's something that they want to do. But I'm not comfortable going into someone's DMs on Instagram and saying like, hey, I see you're a black woman talking about race. You want to come on my show and talk about race some more? No, instead, I'm just going to say, hey, to all the shameless moms, I want you to go over here and listen to this woman's story. That is more powerful and that's more appropriate. I'm not going to ask someone to come over and do emotional and mental labor 
for my benefit of my show. The next thing I'm doing is I'm recognizing that women of color are showing up to elevate and support and make space for other women of color. They're not showing up to hold my hand and that is as it should be. So when you go into these spaces and you start following black women and women of colors, Instagram accounts and social media groups and pages, etc., please know and acknowledge that the work that they are doing is to elevate and support their sisters of color not to hold white people's hands. And that is as it should be. That is by design. So they are not there. Like no black people need to be like, hey, white people, my life has been really hard in a variety of ways. Come over here into this community and let me teach you. Like, no, it makes way more sense that they want to show up and build community for other black women to elevate other black women and other women of color and give them safe places to share their experiences and have conversations and all those kinds of things for the benefit of elevating those women. And white women or white people are invited in to participate in that conversation to the extent that they are open to learning, that they want to ask appropriate questions without asking the people presenting to do more emotional labor, that they are showing up in ways where they're willing to take responsibility for their white privilege all those kinds of things. So when you notice women of color doing the work and putting themselves out there and sharing their stories, know that they're doing it as a way of elevating women of color across the board. They're not doing it because they want to hold white people's hands. We do not need to have our hands held. So let's get over ourselves. Do not expect a person of color to come hold your hand to talk you through how racism works. That's not how it works. Instead, you show up in those spaces with grace and the utmost respect and the utmost gratitude. And you just listen, you listen and you learn. Don't go in and start asking questions and asking people to explain things to you. I promise you, if you have a question, you can Google it and you will find 18,000 answers for it. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. 
you get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. So the next thing I'm doing is dedicating time and energy to reading and research every damn day. So every single day for probably very actively for the last probably nine months or so, and then a little more passively before that, you know, I was doing some of this before then, but not as daily. I am reading, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm on Facebook and Instagram lives, learning from women of color who are leaders and learning about what is going on right now, what they need, what the reality is for them. I'm just there listening, learning, processing, and opening my eyes to all of it. And that's so much of it is just opening my eyes, like opening my eyes to like, wow. Like here I was like, well, I'm pretty aware and not even recognizing any of my own white privilege. The next thing I'm doing is opening my eyes to what white supremacy really is. It's so much more than violent hate crimes. And I want to really debunk this today, that white supremacy is not about, I mean, it is about hate crimes for sure, but that is a small fraction of what white supremacy is about. White supremacy is about societal structure built over generations that promotes the advancement of white people at the expense of people of color. So we rewind 15 seconds and listen to that again if you didn't catch it all. But know that white supremacy is a systemic cultural structure that is very intentionally and very specifically set up for white people to succeed at the expense of anyone who's not white. So just be really clear that that's what white supremacy is. White supremacy is not only hate rallies with people throwing tear gas at people and yelling obscenities. That is a little tiny bit of it. But what is happening on a daily basis in white supremacy is subtle. It's quiet. And it's everywhere. And it's not, well, it's everywhere except for in the media. Like it's everywhere except for on the news. You see a fraction of it on the news and think, oh, but I don't do that. So I'm not part of it. If you are a white person, you are part of it. The next thing I'm doing is sharing what I'm learning, even if awkwardly and imperfectly. So this is me showing up today. I'm sharing what I'm learning, fully acknowledging that I don't feel like I know it all. I don't feel necessarily like qualified or prepared for this conversation, but I also recognize the danger in being complicit and I recognize the danger in not saying anything. So I'm willing to take the risk. I'm willing to show up. I'm willing to screw it up and take the feedback and learn and do better in the future. The next thing I'm doing is making financial contributions to women of color who are investing their time, energy, and livelihoods into creating resources for other women of power to gain more power and also to support white people in their learning. Now, again, I said this is women of color who are providing resources to elevate other women of color to power. It's not their job to educate white people, but that's what's happening as a byproduct. And I think that's awesome that many of these women are like, hey, like I'm showing up to build a platform for women of color to be elevated. And also like white people, if you want to come watch, please do. Like you are invited to this conversation and you are invited to our living room, but also like you're not at the head of the table. So don't even try to be. And that's exactly how it should be. But I'm making financial contributions to those people. A lot of people have a lot of women of color right now who are doing a lot of free work like Layla Syed 
like Rachel Cargill, they have places where you can make donations on an ongoing basis or a one-time donation just to support their work. And they're very open about like, I'm putting a free, a lot of free work out there. This is like my life's work right now. And I'm not charging money for it because I want people to have access to it. And also mama wants to make a living. (laughs) And the amount of work that they're putting in is like, they deserve to be compensated for that work. So here's the thing. Things change with money and power, right? So how are you going to use your money and your power to support change? I'm going to use my power on this platform by having this conversation. I'm going to use the money that I make to contribute to people who are having the other conversations, who are doing the difficult things, who are creating the resources that are changing the way we think about race. I'm willing to contribute. I'm going to contribute my energy. I'm going to contribute my conversations on my platform and I'm going to contribute my money. The next thing I'm doing is creating space for women of color to come on my show. And I will be really clear that right now I'm actually turning down a ton of interviews because I don't need another white life coach on my show. And like, I'm sure people are going to be like, oh my God, she's totally like reverse racism, whatever. Like you take that and run with it. We don't need to learn from more white life coaches. And I'm saying this as a white life coach. (laughs) So I don't need to learn and I don't need to create space for more women who already have so many opportunities, who already have so many places and resources to go and be heard and have power and have a stage and have a microphone and have an audience. That's not my goal right now. And I'm, that is not at all to slight the value of the people who come to me with great show ideas. That's just not what I'm interested in right now. So now that said, <laughs> next week you're going to be like, wait, but you're not having like a woman of color on every week. No, I'm not. But I'm being really intentional about who's invited on the show right now, the kinds of conversations I want to be having, how I want to create value in my work, and how I want to bring value to my community. And so I am intentionally prioritizing giving space to women of color. So if you have suggestions around that, this is like open call right now. If there is a woman and you're like, I know this woman who is an Indian woman, a Native American woman. Gosh, I'm just as I said that I was like, when I say Native American, I'm thinking of indigenous people. And I think I probably totally just screwed that up. And I'm actually intentionally not going to edit this out. So just like you can all hear me flub that up. So indigenous women, Indian women, when I say Indian women, I mean like women from India, Asian women. I've had some specific requests around Korean women and Filipino women. So any of those black women, I've already had a number of black women on the show recently, Muslim women. I would really love to get some Muslim shameless moms on the show. So open casting call right now. Like these are the women's stories and voices that I want to be elevating. And the conversation doesn't need to be about race. I've had a lot of black women on my show recently, and we're not talking about race. We're just talking about like, I mean, I had my business coach, Rachel on here, Rachel Rogers. We didn't talk about race. We talked about why every woman should want to be a millionaire. So we can, people, if they want to come on and talk about race, we can talk about that. I just want to showcase women of color being strong, powerful, shameless badasses, whatever that might look like. And so that's my open call. And then the last thing I'm doing is using my platform to have a voice and take a stand. And I will tell you that I got pretty comfortable with that early on in this show. I thought, you know, when I set out to start a podcast, one of the things I wanted to do was have conversations that I couldn't be having in my other business. And so at that time I had my gym and my business coach at the time, because I kind of went back and forth. I kept saying, should I have a podcast that's about like health and fitness or should I do something that's a little edgier and a little more uncomfortable? 
she's like, I'm not even having a conversation about you having a podcast about health and fitness. You are not allowed to have that podcast because that's what you've been talking about for like 15 years. You're done. Like you've said enough on that. You've said all you need to say. And if you have to keep talking about that, you're going to become resentful because you already are kind of becoming resentful. Like you are not here to talk about six pack abs and support women who devalue their bodies by worrying about belly fat. Now, well, I am here to support women who devalue their bodies by worrying about belly fat because I'm going to help them stop devaluing their bodies, but I'm not going to contribute to the devaluation of their bodies around their concerns of their belly fat. So she said, she's like, you have to have the uncomfortable conversation podcast. We didn't name it that. <laughs> she's like, that's the direction you're going. And so that's literally like, that's where the podcast, which was originally named the Selfish Mom Academy if you want to hear about my whole trademark infringement and getting threatened to be sued, listen to the very early episodes about that. But she said, she was the one who came up and said, like, you need to be having conversations about selfish moms. And right when she said that, I was like typing notes in a word doc, like selfish mom in all caps. So I set out from the beginning, like I want to have the uncomfortable conversations. And sometimes that's making fun of my kid. And sometimes that's talking about race. Like there's a spectrum. And so there's a lot of ways to go about it. So that's what I'm doing around race, about recognizing my own white privilege, about recognizing the systemic nature of white supremacy and seeing it for what it really is. That's what I'm doing around elevating women of color. Again, none of this is perfect. None of it is super like fancily curated and outlined. This is literally my bullet list of what I'm doing. In terms of resources, I'm going to have this all over in the show notes. So again, go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 311 to see this. But I do want to just shout out some names of people who are doing amazing work. And I'm grateful for their work. And I see them showing up in integrity and grace and sometimes a lot of sass, which I love. And I just feel like it's really valuable for me to call them out by name. So I'm going to do that right now. The person I've been learning the most from most recently is Layla Syed, and she has a free workbook that you can download on her website, and it's called the Me and White Supremacy Workbook, and it's a month-long, basically like workbook that you work through on a daily basis to basically check your white privilege and learn about systemic racism, white privilege, and what it all means, and how you are participating in it. I can't say enough for the work that she's doing and putting out every day. Like every morning I get up and I look on Instagram to see what she's doing. She has amazing Instagram lives where she's doing free education. They're called Learn with Layla. They're basically like workshops, but they're really powerful conversations. She has guests on sometimes and she just really like the things that she is sharing have really helped me get a better understanding and feel more comfortable talking about the things that I want to talk about around race. So I just am tremendously grateful for her work. Another book that is a great resource is called This Will Be My Undoing by Morgan Jerkins. Another one is So You Want to Talk About Race. And this woman, I really want to have her on the podcast and I'm going to butcher her name, which might disqualify me. Her name is, I believe, Ijoma. It's I-G-O-M-A, Olu, O-L-U-O. That'll be linked up in the show notes, but her name is really gorgeous. And I wish I knew how to pronounce it to do her name justice. Another one is White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo, Hunger by Roxanne Gay, This Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor, I'm Judging You by Lovey. Oh, I've got to love some Lovey. If you read I'm Judging You, you've got to get the audiobook because you want to hear Lovey read it out loud. 
And also, we're going to need more wine by Gabrielle Union. Gabrielle Union recently did two podcast episodes with Oprah after she had her baby via a surrogate. And I'm actually in the process of listening to that right now. I'm not through it, but it's an amazing interview. And Gabrielle Union does, she does a really amazing job talking through her life story while talking through and how it relates to race. I was really impressed by her book. And I thought her story was really fascinating and interesting just as someone who's grown up watching Gabrielle Union movies. <laughs> and, and I really appreciated the way that she incorporated her story with race into it as well. And then of course, got to mention my girl, the shameless mom of all shameless moms, Michelle Obama and her book Becoming. And then people to follow. So obviously any of the names I just mentioned, Rachel Cargill is another one, C-A-R-G-L, Danielle Brooks. So if you watch Orange is the New Black, Danielle Brooks is tasty from Orange is the New Black. I love her and I follow her on Instagram and I just, I think she's phenomenal and she just came out with this gorgeous new song that she has up on Instagram and you can go watch that. I believe the song is called I'm a Black Woman or Black Woman. It's it's awesome though. Lena Waithe is another one. Laverne Cox, also from Orange is the New Black. She's not only is she a black woman, she's also transgender. Tracy Ellis Ross, Diana Ross's daughter. Oh, love her. Also, Issa Rae's show, Insecure, is phenomenal. Serena Williams, she's a good one to be following. Her docuseries was fantastic. Erica Hart. So here's two people. If you want to see some women having like the hard conversations and really calling out white people, like you will squirm. Erica Hart and Shishi Rose both of them. And Catrice Jackson is another one. So they are calling people out. And that's where I'm like, I am here for it. And I'm also very uncomfortable, but I'm totally here for it. And in terms of podcasts, Lovey has a podcast. So I've given you a lot. I've talked way longer than normal for a solo episode. So thank you, Christy, my producer, <laughs> for your grace with this. I hope this was helpful to you. I hope it was eye-opening. I hope you learned something. And I am not asking for, again, for any acknowledgement or validation with this episode. But what I am asking for is that you do some of the work. When you start following people in these conversations, you're going to hear them talk about the work. And you're going to be like, what is the work? The work is learning about how you show up in privilege and how you are part of the systemic culture of white supremacy. So my ask at the end of this episode is for you to start doing the work and for you to share this episode with other people and share this episode so that more shameless moms can be doing the work and that more of those of us who are white can acknowledge our privilege and understand our privilege. And for those of us who are not white, so that we can have more opportunities, see more opportunities and have places to be elevated. So know that this is a place that elevates women of color. And I would love to hear from you if you have any great suggestions for women of color to come on the show. I'm actively looking for more shameless, badass women of color to join me in 2019. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of this conversation with me. I appreciate you. I appreciate you being here. And the last thing I want to say about this is if any part of you was like, wow, I have some work I need to do or I want to do or this was really compelling to me and I'm also feeling really uncomfortable, I would invite you to do as part of the Be Seen Challenge, which is taking place this week, I would invite you to make this part of your mission. Like let part of you being seen. If you're a white woman, let yourself be seen for your white privilege and start working through some of that and start getting really curious about that. And if you're a woman of color and maybe you've been hiding in the Shameless Mom Academy a little bit, let this be like, this is your invitation to be seen and just know that I have a space for you and I'm here to 
honor you and to hear your story, learn your story. And also, I want all of you to show up and be seen in ways that stretch you this week and also in ways that will benefit all of us moving forward. So that's my invitation to you. If you want to join us for the Be Seen Challenge, go over to shamelessmom.com forward slash be seen and you can get started with us on that today. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel 
real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep. Oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.